0: I am ready, sir. Yes, uh... yeah, sir. Ya, yeah. Yeah, sir. Ya, yeah, sir. Ya, sir.
1: Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says... Careful what you say on television, because that shit comes back to bite you. <laughs> I can't... I don't know what you're referencing. Oh. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared. Okay. This, this whole episode was very prophetic. Yes. And I... We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, but, like, man,
0: the things that came out of people's mouth. So good. Oh, yes. Okay. I thought you were referencing, like... Because the television bit specifically is what threw me. Okay. But yes, be careful. Yeah, be careful what you say. It's, yeah, yep, so, I see it. I see it. <laughs> okay, how you doing? Uh, clearly, I'm not all here. No, I'm getting <laughs> over being sick. I, I don't know if anyone else gets like this when they're sick. I feel like I'm a different person when I'm sick. And once I'm done being sick, it's like the me comes back. It's like I'm possessed by a lethargic demon the entire time I'm ill. We're just like, I have no motivation, I have no drive, I have no wants, I have no desires, I am simply a puddle. And then, the moment I have the ability to, like, exist again, fire and all cylinders, baby. No desires, no needs, only Zod. Only
1: NyQuil. Only NyQuil. <laughs> Yay! Okay, well,
0: that's... I'm glad you're on the upswing, at least. Now speaking of being on an upswing or maybe not, Stephen, how are you doing? I'm just looking around where we're recording right now, as you are surrounded by the graveyard of noise canceling tiles.
1: (laughs) I'm very upset. I bought bad noise canceling tiles. Like, see, you look at this one, and it's fine. Like you you bought them, and they come vacuum sealed. Yeah, for the audio listeners, yeah,
0: these are the type of things you'd see in, like, a recording studio, except these ones are white, and they look kind of like house shingling.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, the shape is fine.
1: I'm cool with the shape, but they're supposed to be... They're 12 by 12, and they're supposed to be two inches thick. Tell me, is that two inches thick, Jared? Um, no. It's maybe about a half inch.
0: Yeah. No, that's... Yep, I just did, the like, the knuckle measurement thing. Yeah, at its widest, that's, like... A half of an inch yeah so i'm returning those how long ago did you unseal them yesterday oh yeah okay yep I was yeah. gonna say sometimes they take a little while to yeah. inflate you if know it, sometimes sometimes they're under a lot of pressure uh-huh. um Aren't or, we all? or it's cold outside sure you know um and it just takes them a little while to inflate but no that's
1: uh it's not worth my time no. <laughs> so we're gonna return those get some better ones that makes me sad this is me doing good things for the
0: podcast and here we are and suffer for your actions i suffer
1: for my my
0: work (laughs) i feel like you've also been running on fumes for a month
1: that's my life maybe
0: longer i'm always running on fumes yeah i am fumes now you are in a moment of stillness and i feel like these tiles are the thing that (laughs) broke the camel's back like when you there i've seen stories of people that like work in like an er for example where like they have a really stressful day somebody's like people are coding mm-hmm. they're just trying they're like their old their singular focus is, like keep these people alive sure and then they get home and they drop their keys and they break down crying i feel like these could be your keys i'm, I'm not
1: saying that i'm there but i'm not saying everything <laughs> is hunky dory yeah like you said i've been go 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 for a long time here and we're at a little bit of still but work is still a little bit of a um, not shit show, but it's it's like tough right now. So looking for some calm, looking for some life. What's up? What are you gonna do? I thought you were gonna. Pu- Jared brought his hand up in
0: like. I'm holding a puppet formation. No. I thought you were going to puppeteer at me. I certainly was not. No, sometimes those of us, those of us with ADHD just have to do a physical thing to remember what we're about to say. It's not to interrupt you. It is so I don't lose the thought that's right there. Heard. What are you going to do this weekend to take care of yourself to refuel yourself? <laughs> Just, I'm putting you on mic on blast.
1: I was just talking about this with Michaela, and that I I need to do more things for myself. I'm not very agreed. Good at that. I don't. Michaela know, and I will start a committee to make sure this happens. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. Maybe nothing. That might be it. Just sit in bed. Football Sunday. Football Sunday. Well, now football Sunday just makes me sad. Yeah. Technically, the Vikings are still in, but. Uh, after this week, we, we change our allegiances and we cheer for the Delaware Clams. Okay. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, that's that's a very niche bit that the Gridiron Heights animated TV, not even, animated shorts, they they yeah. always make a, a bit about the Delaware Clams because it's not a real team, but all the
0: best players from the teams that don't make the playoffs play for the Delaware Clams. That's hilarious. Yeah. I would... That'd be a good twist in the playoffs. Do do uh, the outcast twist from Pearl Island, uh-huh. but in the playoffs, <laughs> but in NFL playoffs, <laughs> that'd be pretty good. Does D and D refuel you, or does it drain you?
1: Do you want the actual answer, or do you want? Uh, I want the actual answer. Okay, I I enjoy playing D and D. It is fun for the first two and a half hours, and then for hours three and four, I'm like, okay. We might need to wrap this
0: up here, buddy. You're not allowed to come on Saturday. Okay. I'm banishing you from the table this Saturday. Why? So that you can relax and take your some you time cuz I know that you will feel an obligation to be there. I will. Because it's a group event that you said you wanted that you said you would come to and you have nothing that that is stopping you from coming. So I'm stopping you from coming. Don't clip that out of context. <laughs> you heard it from your folks,
1: uh, Jared, stopping me from coming. <laughs> Um, I was going to transition out of that, and I don't know how to do it with what was said prior to this. So please say something else so
0: I don't have to use it. You know who won't kick you out of the D table for the weekend? Emails.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or you can message us on Reddit, you slash survivorTBT. I almost had to use. Com- it's never mind we're an explicit podcast but i don't need to get that explicit yep (laughs) first email from tyler i mentioned my last email that i had something to address regarding jared's strong dislike of sarge and that it is so far that might be his biggest hot take to be fair, it's still not the biggest one he could have. No. It's not like he was Rupert-level loved or anything, but I feel like he was and still is constantly well-liked and appreciated among Survivor fandom. For example, I think most people find his interaction with Twilight endearing and don't notice his wording of wanting to put her in a dress and just think, ah, he wants to hang out and spend time with her.
0: No, I, I also, I, I, I was very harsh on him on that and put him under a microscope. I do think that their relationship is cute. Yeah. Yep, okay.
1: Whether or not that's Jared overthinking or just looking deeper to see the
0: truth is open to interpretation. Who knows? That's just life, baby. Yeah, that's just somebody who, myself, who's tried to do a lot of work to challenge the biases they grew up with. And sometimes, like, I look really hard at words when they flag, like, the way that they, people, as I call it, tell on themselves. Or in in my life and career dismantling those types of things is super important and I sometimes get a little lost in the sauce. I still agree with my take,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like, I don't think Sarge is like a bad person. Sure.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with, I mean, I've expressed it on the show that I I don't feel as strongly about Sarge as you do. I kind of like Sarge, but yeah, he could be awkward yeah. and can't we all now that it's potentially been dethroned. I'll say, I think up till now, his biggest hot take has been the dislike of Sean from Borneo, Dr. Sean, which I believe someone else has touched on before. And again, while there were definitely bigger hot takes as Borneo was a wide variety of opinions given the huge audience it had and the large passage of time since its original airing. So there's certainly anti-Sean people out
0: there, but I think the fandom in general see him as a lovable doofus. I think that Sean gets better the longer you've gone without watching Borneo. (laughs) Because right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, Sean was pretty funny. And you remember the highlights. You remember the voting in alphabetical order. Uh You remember the, I pooped. You remember the Super Bowl. You remember the, like, fun bits? The bowling alley. The bowling alley. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) But you don't remember all, all of the just, like, meandering with sean that took up so much screen time and was so useless (laughs) i yeah okay
1: even sue described his father that way when he visited and said he was just like sean in that way that he was a, a lovable doofus similar to sarge i think jared pointed out instances of possible misogyny with sean that most of the viewers don't and still don't notice uh although it. Also, it's still debated how serious Sean was about his alphabetical voting strategy and whether he generally was trying to avoid making a decision or if it was a sneaky way to try and vote with the Toggies against the Pagongs without getting the blowback of being in an alliance. Given that all the Pagongs' names happened to come first alphabetically and he happened to abandon the strategy right when it would have been time for him to start voting Toggies. That is an interesting take.
0: Yeah. And just to say on the... Okay to put to put the the misogyny talk in a bow with those people. I'm not making like I'm not making an accusation that they are one way necessarily, even if that's kind of what I say. I am Jared, we're in the business of making strong takes. Yes, I'm kidding. And now You're I'm adding it. a little bit of nuance. <laughs> I though we are all products of our society. We are the world. We are, we are the children. If you are in America or most of the world, you are in a patriarchal society. We've tried, I think, as a society, mostly to do a lot of learning in the last several years. Those conversations were happening in 2000 through 2004, but not nearly as loudly and not in popular circles nearly as much. So you're right. It probably wasn't caught at the time. It probably isn't caught by most people now. I don't. I don't always feel the need to say all of the obvious like Sean. Yeah, you're right. Lovable goofball. And then also, Oh, and there's this gross part underneath that. I think we need to examine because you know, there are people that like Sean might not be recognizing of that. Sarge might not be recognizing of that behavior. Um, But there are people in their lives that are like, it reminds me a lot of, there's a theater, a very, a very popular theater before Stephen and I lived in Chicago. Uh, I can't remember the name of the theater. Is this profiles? Has, is this the one that had all the accusations? Yes, profiles. Okay. And eventually, it became this big thing. It blew up, and the Chicago theater community, thankfully, now has some sort of guidelines that are generally accepted, called "Not in Our House" guidelines. Which, very good, very thankful for. But the thing talking to people who have been in the community for years before that is they all knew. Everyone knew to tell their – like, I, okay, so I'm, I'm seeing, seeing your face. I have a friend that has, that has been running a theater since 2005 that I've recently met up with and had conversations with about how to start a theater. And he's like, it's weird because we all kind of knew that theater was a bad place. Like, we would tell – those of us that were well-meaning in the community would tell our female friends, like, don't audition there. It's not, like, it's not safe. Just because you might not, and, and this is a very extreme example of what I, when I see things with Sarge or Sean or, and not just around uh, misogyny, but, like, racism, stuff like that. Like, the people that are impacted impacted by it do notice it. And it's important that the rest of us also start to notice it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's a very long-winded explanation. Sure. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. And you want to be
1: on it, but I also don't want to, like, jump to, hey, this guy's... They're all bad. This guy's awkward and, like, making some comments that... I didn't like Mm. cancel him immediately. Oh, no, no,
0: no, no. We're not doing – we're not –
1: I I know cancel culture is – it's a thing that people
0: get hyped up about on either side, but – And, like, obviously there's a difference in the way that you and I talk about Sarge Mm -hmm. and Sean Mm -hmm. in this kind of, like, ah, they're so – like – Oh, there's just like, there's just like undertone like thing they don't realize they're doing this kind of gross, but also they're lovable goofballs. Sarge, I didn't find as lovable, to be honest. He kind of graded on me a little bit versus how we talk about Ted or versus how we talk about redacted. Yep. Like there, I would hope that that is obvious. Okay. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to keep going. And he will always be redacted. (laughs) He will always be
1: redacted. Just wait till he comes back. I know. It's going to be fun. A whole season of that. Episode 9 from Carl. Carl's, I love that there are enough opportunities for Jared to say Oonga to the Boonga in this season. It almost sounds like an audio drop that one of you is adding in post.
0: It is not.
1: Picture the episode. It is Sarge drinking his
0: coffee. That's the scene with with, uh, Scout uh, just... Singing and Sarge wanting to die. Drinking the tea. Oh, uh, Alinda.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, oh man. No, it's, I can totally see why it feels weird to have Rory as the protagonist for a couple episodes, only to have him leave 10th. I can only say that I can't yet describe the reason I think that this was done.
0: Other than Rory is a great character, of course. Yeah, I mean, Rory demands camera time to some extent. Yeah.
1: Scout is totally kooky, but I also think she's incredibly passive aggressive. <laughs> yes, I agree. I feel like there is a little bit with that uh, age of person yes. or that era of person just part of how you grow up. and
0: yeah, and I don't know where Scouts from in the country, but it's super shitty and I hate that behavior. I cannot stand passive aggressiveness. It also reminds me as a little bit Southern. I don't know if she's from the South, but the sort of like bless your heart kind of thing where it's like you're saying something nice, kind of, but underneath it is like is something scalding. So if basically, if you ever feel like you said something stupid in the South, especially to like an older Southern woman, and then they say, oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. That is the most demoralizing thing you will ever hear in your life. That's the equivalent of you dumb bitch. Yeah. (laughs) yep and that's kind of what scout reminds you of with a lot of her backhanded passive aggressiveness but jared
1: passive aggressiveness is like the staple of the midwest that is true and i hate it all right uh wherever you're from let us know where the passive aggressiveness the put it on a scale of one to ten your passive
0: aggressiveness level of the people around you (laughs) i think the difference with midwestern to southern passive aggressiveness in my mind is southern is complimentary, like it'll be saying something nice that is not actually nice like oh that's just or like it'll be something like i feel like uh, you're just describing passive aggressiveness no, no 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 but it's like the the bless your heart is something that that can be good or can be bad versus midwestern passive aggressiveness is just saying something like yeah it's interesting like you say something neutral versus something positive oh that's an interesting statement you just had Jen. i hate steven cool <laughs> i
1: think she totally knows what she's doing and when she's kneeling eliza like repeatedly calling her little one Mm-hmm. that's a good example and we'll have a little bit more later the scout and sarge scene is indeed iconic again if i was a betting man i think scout was actually doing this deliberately <laughs> Interesting. Do you think that? Do you think Scout would, like, take the opportunity and just, like, I'm going to sing as? I don't know if
0: we have enough context on that scene to tell. I think you're right. It kind of comes out of note. Like, we don't know what the interaction right before that is. So, like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe she just doesn't care if Mm -hmm. Sarge cares. (laughs) (laughs) Like, maybe she's just singing to herself and Sarge is there and she's like, I don't, you you are the next person going home or you're going home in three people or whatever that episode was. I really don't care if you're happy with me or not.
1: Your opinion does not matter to me anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Carl's episode 10 email. There's one big reason. I think Jeff dislikes Vanuatu that we haven't been able to discuss yet. Wondering if you know what I'm talking about, Steven. I do. Oh, okay. I know exactly what Carl is referring. I'm, uh, I'm assuming I know what Carl's referring to. And like you said, can't get to it yet. Okay. But we will. And it's it's something that we can't really talk about until the season's over. Got it. Okay. Because context wise, you you see little clues, but it doesn't make sense until you see the full picture. Okay. So we'll get back to that, Carl. Thank you. And everyone else who's sitting there like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> if not, go look it up. It's great. Uh, pictures of the episode. <laughs> it's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn the phone around. It's... Oh, it's
0: the cat meme. It's, <laughs> it is. It's Chris being the, the, the lady yelling at the cat and Jeff being the cat. Oh, great work.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. Did you get a black eye, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> is the note on that. Okay. Notes. This is the first ever group reward, I believe, from the last episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because they,
1: in in that specific way, you, like you could always take people or like he, he lets people like, oh, you can come with me, but for them to win as a team and go as a team, I think that's...
0: I feel like there might have been something in All-Stars, but I don't remember, where like they would split into to for the reward and then those people got to yeah they it, yeah it was um but it wasn't like an experience it was sure. like the ponchos they got the ponchos and they all got to compete for immunity mm. you don't remember what i'm talking about i don't remember what you. it talking was the about. family visit one with boston rob or the family letters where they all got... Oh,
1: I see what you mean, yeah. where it was half a reward, half an immunity challenge. Yeah, and
0: they competed in teams for the reward half, and they competed, and then the team that won the reward competed for immunity. Sure,
1: I see what you're saying. Hmm. It does get muddy in there, yeah. right? Eh, doesn't matter. Multiple people have testified after the season that Amy and Leanne were the major leaders of the Women's Alliance, not Scout. This can be seen in the episode where Twyla asks Amy who they're voting for, and Amy says the person to ask is Leanne. Leanne was the super fan who had seen every season, oh. so she probably had a decent grasp on voting strategy and stuff like that.
0: That so I was going to talk this episode about how it is a shame we don't get more Leanne, and the first time they really center anything in an episode with her at all is the episode she goes home because I think Leanne is actually pretty interesting. Yeah,
1: other than the the reward where oh, I finally won something. Yeah. And then we get the whole like going up to a volcano, but even more that was that was on Julie. It was more about Julie, yeah. Yeah,
0: the show does not want to focus on Leanne at all and I can't figure out why cuz Leanne's kind like what's cool? More, she's one of the more interesting people on the season, I think after this episode.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, after this episode she's not. No, I mean like after seeing this episode she's I, one of the more interesting people sure. on the season. I see what you're saying. On
1: Chris-less-Chad not talking to Eliza-slash-Amy, I think they know Amy is at the top of the alliance and isn't a person that can really be swayed. Scout is saying Amy would be the next to go in her ideal world, but she isn't yet in a position to make that a reality. So I don't think that approaching Amy would have been would have benefited Chad or Chris. I'll give you... It's possible that Amy gets mad at Scout and tries to boot her, a la Liza, or Lisa, but... Even if it works, you're also burning the Scout and Twilight Bridges, which are your only handholds with the women at all right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird. Except for this episode, I feel like they made the right choice. Or at least, well, <laughs> Chad didn't make the right choice. But for Chris, it ended up being the right choice. But not because of, like, intelligence. Like, it doesn't feel like they made the conscious decision to, oh, we can't talk to Amy about it because Amy's not flippable. It seems... We'll get there. It seems <laughs> like they just have forgotten about half of the people or, like, like they have the power dynamics so set in their head that they don't think about using people on the bottom to flip at all. They're like, no, no, how do we just stay one step from the bottom? Sure, sure, sure. And that the fact that they hadn't talked to Amy and Eliza at all and... Twyla and Chris's conversation this episode really make that apparent (laughs) yeah yeah
1: this episode was somehow the one survivor chose to nominate for the Emmys this would start what this would start a trend of survivor nominating WTF episodes for
0: Emmys this this episode that we're watching that we're talking about today should be the episode that they send in I think you're right but
1: okay Here's my thought about it, as I think they were trying to use the, like, look at these grandiose shots of everything out there. I guess. I don't know. There's, I I don't know. I don't know why they did it. Wild. (laughs) (laughs) I'll back up Josh's point that Vanuatu was very disliked at the time. It even competed with Thailand for bottom place in public opinion. I think another problem it had was the question of who to root for. Audiences like to cheer for underdogs and in a men versus women season, they usually like to cheer for the women, but Amy is portrayed as the villain and you have scenes like them excluding food from the men with the chicken wings. I love that scene, but still. It's great. And as much as I love the men, none of the men that make it far are extremely likable as underdogs. For that or whatever other reason, these characters just didn't really resonate with the contemporary audience. Like Josh said,
0: it has since done a massive
1: 180.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Chris is fun to root for. But I, I kind of agree. I think part of the problem is just the dynamics. Like you said that Amy's viewed as more of a villain, but I she's not. she's not to me. Like, I can see how she could be seen as a villain, but, like, on a scale of 1 to 10 villainy, she's, like, a 3. Yeah. Like, it's
1: it's pretty borderline villain. It's more she's controlling the game. Right. With, and A
0: little bit with an iron fist, but she's controlling the game. Well, and she's a strong gay woman in 2004, so That's, I'm sure that probably didn't help. That probably didn't help. But even still, like, she's she's not super dynamic in that way. Like, she's not somebody that you're rooting against, per se. hmm that strongly and you're right like there's people to root for and I think that's why we got a lot of Rory early because he's just kind of dumb aw shucks lovable guy that's that was in way over his head but like all of the people on this season just they all feel like they're threes like on a scale of 10 in whatever direction hero villain underdog savvy game player like everyone's pretty close to the median so it's hard to, like, if you're somebody that really roots for people that have great strategy, you don't have somebody in this cast. If you're somebody that really roots for villains, you don't have somebody in this cast. If you're somebody that really roots for people that are uh, grandiose and, and leaders, you don't have anybody in this cast. Like, there's nobody that, it, it is it is full of people that that are better to play off of somebody else. And so it just feels like something's missing until this episode. Mm, okay. Well,
1: I We could go on and on, but it does feel like that between casting and editing, they chose to kind of make it more of a balanced situation where everybody gets some time, everybody makes it like, everybody could have a chance to win this from an editing perspective. Yeah. And it falls flat because of it, I think.
0: Yeah, it's it's suddenly everyone is the same person in terms of like the way that they're approaching the game because the waters are so muddied until this episode. Once everyone is super, then no one is. Thank you, Incredibles.
1: <laughs> Things I liked. Chad's quote, I sort of feel like my destination is like, whoa. <laughs> Chad, hi as a kite. It won't stop. Pause. Raining and I don't care if i can't swear (laughs) they were really thinking hard about that uh what can i say on camera
0: which the editors will just bleep
1: you don't worry about it (laughs) scout singing hallelujah at the mere idea of getting rid of eliza on a related note scout seeing everyone cold and miserable and using it as the perfect time to blame everything on eliza i think that's smart i liked that scene And finally, just how animated Chris is in confessionals. See above pick. Yes. Yep. Cool. We do have a couple more emails, but I'm going to save that for next time because we are almost 30 minutes into the episode already. Yeah. And I feel like we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. This is going to be a long episode. So let's get into it. Bumper.
0: This episode came out on November 25th of 2004. A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. The Orange Revolution begins in Ukraine, resulting from the presidential elections. Uh, There was the elections uh, on the November 21st, 2004, were, I believe, fraudulent. There was, I'm not entirely sure the details of it, but basically people took to the streets and the Orange Revolution. World of Warcraft, multiplayer online role-playing game, video game, released. Oh, I've That's, never played it, but really, yeah. Oh, I had a big World of Warcraft phase in high school. Mm, I believe that it actually got so bad when I was. It was my first. It was the summer between high school and my first year of college, where I was running guild raids and battlegrounds to the point that I I was coordinating events every single night of the week. Like I got off my job at Subway at eleven thirty p.m. closing, and then would go get on for my twelve o'clock raid. And would stay up until five in the morning. Oh my god! And then I would go to bed, and I would do it again. See, seven I, days a week. I have an aversion to games
1: where there is an indefinite time that you could be playing it. Where if there's no end goal or there's no ending in sight, then I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, or I fall off after a certain amount of hours. And I'm like, it, it, it's not happening. Sorry. That's yeah. what the, like those mobile game phases where they're like their whole goal was to get you to keep coming back over and over again and everything's on a timer. Those don't work for me. No, those don't
0: work for me either. The difference with World of Warcraft is you were doing it by expansion or by patch. So it'd be like you 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 could complete the game and then they would just add more content. So it, you would still feel like you were getting stuff. Like it wasn't okay. so much like oh, just grind this forever. It'd be like cool, there's a new group thing. For all twenty-four of us to go and try to take down over the next three months. This sounds like the anime problem where power scaling is a problem. Yes. Okay. Cool. You you called out a whole reason cataclysm exists. Cool. Anyway, uh, my boo is the uh, still the leading song on the charts. The top five movies are Up SquarePants, The Polar Express. We're gonna talk about number three, The Incredibles, and National Treasure. Number three, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh.
1: Okay. I've never seen it, but I do know the
0: general air about this movie. General air about this movie. Thank you. Finally alone for the holidays, Luther, Tim Allen, and Nora Crank, (Jimmy Lee Curtis, plan to eschew the Christmas traditions and take a cruise in the Caribbean instead. This doesn't sit well with their Christmas-obsessed neighbors, Vic (Fromeyer) Dan Aykroyd, and Walt Scheel, M. Emmett Walsh. M. Emmett Walsh. Okay. Who are determined to win the annual best decorated street competition, and the cranks soon find themselves social outcasts because of their lack of Christmas spirit. What's the rating on this movie, Stephen? Critic score of
1: 16, audience score of
0: 8. So the audience is higher than the critic. Okay. But you were too high on both of them for the critic. <laughs> the audience is 39%. Okay. People have bad taste five percent with the critics okay okay five percent that's pretty darn low that might be the lowest we've seen i don't remember for sure but it's it can't get much lower than that see i feel like the the plot of this
1: movie could be summed up with mind your own damn business i i don't
0: mind peer pressure the movie but i don't like tim allen so
1: but i like jamie lee curtis i do like jamie lee curtis yeah you don't like the santa claus movies
0: Uh, No, I liked Tim Allen growing up in Home Improvement, and then his whole shtick got real old for me. I mean, it's the same shtick every time, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think,
1: I honestly think that the Santa Claus is his best acting role.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the hottest take we're going to get on this podcast. Anyway, we we have to talk about the episode of Survivor. It's such a good episode. All right,
1: episode 11, surprise, and surprise again. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and surprise the third time there's, there's a lot of surprises here yeah so we we start the episode chris is admittedly stirring the pot he this is a good move by chris yeah i mean there's really no danger in it because as of right now he's going home what do you have to lose at this point yeah this is what we talk about when your back is against the wall fucking do something do something he throws scout and twilight under the bus that it was their idea and like hey they, they were trying to get you out they didn't follow through but they were trying to get you out. Like their whole they were going after Eliza. Yeah,
0: and this is I this was not taking a shot at the king, obviously. Like no. we talked about like Rupert in previous seasons were like if you come for the king, you best not miss Boston Robb and All Stars. Like there's people that if you come after them, you have to be successful or you are going home. But this is the danger of moves that don't work. If you theorize a plan in more ways than just like spitballing, and it doesn't, and it doesn't end up coming to fruition. You've given value, valuable information to that person that now might be against you.
1: It does work that way, yeah. So immediately, Leanne like confronts Twyla. I shouldn't say immediately; it was, it looked like it was the next day. But Leanne confronts Twyla, and it's it's so weird. This All was- the confrontations feel
0: so one sided. Well, okay, two things. I do want to challenge you on that a little bit. Because I think that these are the first confrontations that we're seeing that I can think of in Survivor that are women-focused, that are women confronting women in Mm. ways that aren't like the Alicia-Kimmy fight in in Australia. Like, they – I think that that just changed – like, their dynamic is different than we're used to. So Mm -hmm. that might be why it feels a little different. Okay, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, the thing that confused me about it was, Leanne, you were there. <laughs> Leanne, you were there for that conversation where Scout was like, ah, "Maybe we should keep keep Chris around, though." Like, we had all those shots of the camera tracking Leanne's face and being like, "I don't know about that." Why are you? Why are you surprised? Like, why are you not a little more like? why aren't you bringing that up? Like you were there at the fire talking about that when they were on reward. Sure. I don't know. Maybe like this is just
1: off camera is Amy. And there's a little bit of uh showmanship going on.
0: Yeah, possibly. I don't know anyway, but I, I do want to highlight just for one more second, mm-hmm. the way that the women interact now that they're now that there is more infighting. Like, yeah, obviously Lisa went earlier. That was a, that was more of a blow up scenario. But this sort of careful social maneuvering and this and the the seeming group consensus and all of that, this is not something we have seen on Survivor. We have not seen. Usually we see somebody that is like a leader mm-hmm. that in an alliance that is steering the ship. We have not seen this by consensus run by women before, and I don't think. The show up until this episode has known what to do with it, and I do think that is part of the weirdness in the feeling of the season. The fact that Leanne is the leader, assumingly, off-screen, and we have not seen her blows my mind. Like, the fact that we've not seen more of these group consensus conversations that clearly have been happening, and they just don't know how to frame it to make it interesting, is a failure on the show's part. That's it. Okay,
1: <laughs> I was gonna let you get on your high horse as long as you needed it's, to. It's not a high horse. It's it's analyzing. Yeah. No. I analyze. But take your opinions, Jared. This is a show. We're both on it. I want you to do as much as you can. That
0: feels like passive
1: aggressive. As much as you can. I hate this. I I said can, and I I I meant want, but then I had to like double down with can. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> So, yeah, Leanne is doing the confronting, and she keeps saying that Twyla is playing panicked. And, like, currently you're panicked in, like, the most monotone. It was freaking me out. Like, you're striking me as a panicked player right now. (laughs) Twyla, why are you so panicked? Like, I would be panicked too. Get out of my face. While you're talking in monotone. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And To Us says they should have stuck with their their blind side because now they're screwed. Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of hinting that, hey, well, now that they've done that, we know where this is going. Like, they're they're dead in the water. They don't know it yet, but they're dead in the water.
0: Then maybe you should talk to
1: Eliza. Maybe you should shore up Eliza. It's a reward challenge. <laughs> Why does no one talk to Eliza? Because Eliza is just along for the ride here. Ugh, okay. <laughs> reward challenge. Five questions about past challenges. The winner gets one hour of satellite email chat with their family. This
0: is so clumsy. It's
1: pretty clumsy. First
0: of all, there's a giant fucking satellite dish there. Yeah. Why are they acting so surprised that it would be communicating with loved ones? Yeah. That is the biggest fucking satellite I've ever seen. Secondly no fucking way that is real like (laughs) the moment that they connected to video i went okay so these are so these are pre-recorded that's not what it ended up being but like there was i was like there's no fucking way the image quality is that from goddamn vanuatu in 2004 through satellite internet no way in hell yeah i forgot to go back. i was gonna go back and look where the
1: actual things were plugged in because it was a mac like an early mac laptop and i'm pretty sure they had it in the video in and not the internet in jesus christ which would have been funny i like i said i have to go back and i have to look but... but
0: then again i don't know if any of them in 2004 would have caught that they wouldn't why doesn't know how to type that is true. And, like, that's the level of computer knowledge we are dealing with in 2004.
1: And I wonder if they knew that because they start with Twyla Twilight, and Twyla's like, I can't I can't type. I don't know what to do here. Can someone type for me? And they're like, well, good thing we have a camera. And just puts the camera on. Why
0: not just say it's a video chat from the start?
1: There's a lot of <laughs> gamesmanship from Jeff it's, in this episode. It's so
0: Clumsy. And
1: it's weird. It's, I'm okay with like a little bit, but this whole episode is full of it. It's so weird. They just like keep throwing twist upon twist upon twist.
0: Now, it's a positive twist. It's a positive twist. I'm sure in 2004, this was believable and was a very cool reveal. Mm-hmm. In 2024, Not as this much. looks stupid. I
1: don't like to be lied to as... Uh, a viewer but also in like a gamesmanship and that's why certain twists in the future don't work mm. namely one where that we're named after where you can't promise something and then take it away right Th- this isn't that this is promising and then upping it but it's still it's a little bit that where you're like okay w- why
0: don't just tell me the truth t- yeah t- tell me what i'm playing for i'm cool with that and then like when they set up this video chat I'm like so are they gonna go back to emails afterwards. Yeah, and
1: I think that's a failure on Jeff because I don't think he knows what instant messaging is.
0: I also don't think that. <laughs> I think that Jeff didn't doesn't also know how to type at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we they turn it on and it's Twila's son and there's so much crying and it's beautiful and Leanne talks to best friend Terry, Eliza, her mom, Susan... <laughs> Tells, tells everyone, be nice to my Lizzie.
0: Yeah, Eliza's mom Lizzie. is exactly what I would expect her to be. Yeah, it's really funny. Julie, my friend Dustin, dude, Julie's such a bro. She's such a bro. It makes friend me happy. in giant air quotes. They're in love.
1: It, 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 I don't know. It makes me happy. Yes, just I, I love that bro. Who was Leanne's person? Uh, Leanne, her best friend Terry. They also seem like they were in love. The, the words love were being thrown down a lot, and, like, it and was, the way very, that they it was very touchy and
0: feely, and, yeah. And, like, when we get to the immunity challenge, like, the way that she talked to her was, like, oh, they're in love. Like, it didn't feel like it was platonic.
1: I, I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Can neither confirm nor deny. Scout,
1: her partner Annie, her her life partner. <laughs> they look a lot alike, Scout and Annie. I don't think so. I think it's just that old lady look. Maybe. <laughs> Amy's girlfriend Chrissy and Chris's girlfriend now fiance. I don't it, weird that they introduce girlfriend and then they're like, "Well, okay, I guess we can say it. Like we're going to get married." Yeah, when did they decide that? I don't know. Before they came on the show, because then it would just be fiancé. Yeah. It's very confusing. I, I don't know why they were trying to hide it either, because by the time the show came out, I'm sure they would have either been married or announced to the world that they were engaged.
0: Maybe they were eloping. Maybe that's why. I think... Uh, maybe be. they told us that at the I feel like that's knowledge that we knew, that they were going to... That he was going to elope with his girlfriend that after could be. Survivor. They are going to Bahamas, I think, is what he said. Yeah. To Bahamas. Cancun. Cancun. You're Cancun. right. It was
1: Cancun. Challenge time. They... Ask questions about previous challenges. Number one, who broke the most tiles in the slingshot challenge? We all knew that. We all knew. Who was the first man to begin assembling the ladder in the escape challenge? That one was a little more tough. I would not have gotten this one. I'm surprised everyone got it. It was Chad. I would have because I remember that, but it could just be because of this challenge. Who set out the blindfolded puzzle challenge? That one is tough. That's tough. Because it's someone who isn't around and hasn't been around for a
0: long time. It's the first boot yeah uh second boot second boot yeah
1: yeah because the guy went first yeah and but it's the first boot for the women and tough for chris in this scenario and he doesn't get it right but like how do you put that on him he never really got to meet that person he never met dolly yeah in the the four symbols that were used in the color symbol matching not matching the make sure nothing is matching in the row
0: game they were volcano, pig head, coconut tree, and skull. You know who is the smartest one in this in this question? Who? Not just because she got the most right, Eliza. She wrote down five. Don't stop yourself at four. It was
1: Julie. Or it was
0: Julie? Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Julie writing down five of them. So smart. I did also note that because
1: I don't know what would have happened had she got the fourth one correct and had, two wrong ans- had a wrong answer on there, Did if they say, would take one away. I
0: don't think so. It didn't say you get penalized for wrong answers. Just I name the four.
1: It never came into play, so I yeah. wonder if they would have had to address it. But part of me thinks that mm, she would have only got three. There's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. Okay. Anyway, this is where it starts to separate a little bit, because then people are not... uh, Not everyone is tied. The... In the first reward challenge, who fell in the water the most? This one's tough.
0: Yeah. John K. And that was interesting to me because somebody wrote down only John. Mm-hmm. And Jeff gave him the point. But, man, that's that's smart. Don't, don't specify which John. You didn't yeah. have to.
1: If I don't have to, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Because that increases my odds by double. Yep. <laughs> and then that's all the questions. So we need a tiebreaker between Julie and Eliza. They both have the same amount of, amount of points. Name the matching items from the memory game. And Julie
0: writes nothing. This has to be strategic, right? I don't know why. We don't hear anything about it. We don't even get like a little confessional of Julie being like, Oh, I I wanted to like my thought, my first thought was Julie wants Eliza to go home. So she wants Eliza to sit in that shack for an hour typing to her mom so she can strategize without Eliza being at camp. Part of me wonders if that was her plan. And then it got ruined by them all coming out and being like, well, her mom's coming to camp with you. And being like, ah <laughs> shit. But I it just it's way too blatant to not write anything down. And she's making a big show of it too, being like, mm, uh, I don't know. That it I, I just I don't buy it. Maybe she folds under pressure. Maybe she just can't handle the pressure. Maybe. The other thing, I didn't realize it until Jeff had Julie move. Hey, they're all sitting way too close for this game. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of it. And then he said that, and I went, wait a minute. Hold on.
1: They could have been cheating on each other the whole time. The whole time, (laughs) and it wouldn't surprise me because everyone was tied for a long time. Anyway, Eliza only needs one. She gets the one. She probably had more. I don't know. I didn't look at her answers. Me either. Eliza wins, and she gets to... She gets to chat with her mom. Just kidding. They're here.
0: Yay. They also all had the same background, obviously, which was a little they didn't. weird. Oh, they
1: didn't? Okay. No. And that was the one specific thing I thought they did really well. Because between everyone, I'm like, why Why does this person look like they're in a classroom? This guy looks like he's on a military base because there's a flag there. They're, oh, yeah. They did change stuff on the walls. That's right. But they show us the little corner that they built to do that. I'm like, okay, the, I'm impressed that they thought to do all this. That's fair. That's pretty smart. But also, it didn't seem like they were far enough away. How it they did sh- seem like they were really close. But I don't know. <laughs> that might have just been a trick of editing to make it seem like it was close. Yeah. Anyway, Eliza's mom gets to go hang out. And this whole situation was just so funny to me. Watching Eliza's mom being like, is that trail mix safe to eat? It's okay. I won't double dip. It's not in me. Even when I'm here. Like, Mom, it doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't here. You have to. We are disgusting. And the confessional with her mom of like, I was worried she was in it. I was worried about this. I was worried about this. I was worried about this. I was worried about Ebola. <laughs> I was worried about Ebola. Jesus Christ! I was worried she wasn't <laughs> flossing every day. So, I, I, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. That Eliza is Jewish. I don't know. I think her mom is judging from the judging from the dialect and some physical features I that could be wrong we I don't know her last I would have
1: just said East Coaster
0: maybe it it feels so the reason I say that Eliza I've said is reminds reminds me a lot of Rachel Bloom and this uh from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend her mom is like the character from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend like this is the this is very much like Manhattan like Jewish mother and it's great TV
1: is Orleans a Jewish name? R L l i n s.
0: I don't know.
1: I don't know either. I, I could
0: know. be wrong on that. I I could just be conflating things I've seen in that show versus this show. Um, from my understanding, that's that's what it comes off to me as. Cool. And I I'm gonna it. move
1: on because I don't want a racial profile in our show. <laughs> <laughs> I you, I know what you mean. I'm yes. not I'm not trying to rag on you, but I'm just like let's let's just move on. I love it. Okay. So, Eliza talks about how this is a huge risk for me to win this, and hopefully people like my mom enough to keep me around.
0: And then we get, like, see, I had a thought this episode, and I know it wouldn't be good for Survivor, but, man, do I wish the last episode had just, like, had Chad going home halfway through, and then this episode is, or then the back half of the episode is through the reward challenge, and then Eliza's mom leaves, that's the end of that episode, and then we get... A whole other episode of just like before the immunity challenge, the immunity challenge, and the scramble. Because we remember how much time we got with like Kathy's son, mm-hmm. or like that we got with uh, Johnny Fairplay and his friend off on their own island. Like, yeah. we got nothing of Eliza's mom, and she is a delight. <laughs> she was fun to have at camp, but there was so much in this episode, and I
1: think that was part of the problem. Oh, it was 100% the problem. Yeah. And after this we get Leanne and Amy confronting Scout. This is a continuation of at the start of the episode. Yes. Where she's like, Okay, what the hell happened? Why were you gunning at us? And she's like, Well, it was actually Chad's idea, which is a lie. Yes. It was all her idea. It's God on God's honest truth. I it's very interesting that the two people who kind of flip this around both swear to God in the same episode. Yeah. Horror.
0: I I was thinking at the time, I was like, this means nothing. Like swearing Swearing to God, swearing on your kid, it doesn't fucking mean anything no. in this game. I did really love but people
1: con- want assurances. Yeah.
0: I loved Scout's confessional after this, though. I said I was going to come into this game and play honest, upright, and trustworthy, and if that didn't work, lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah, yeah. Fucking love that energy.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting here is that instead of Leanne and Amy being like, okay, we either believe you or we don't believe you. And like, I'm, I'm not feeling it. They're just like putting scout in a bad spot and scout's just supposed to take it where they're like, Hey, you're not in
0: our final four plans. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's the, the level of honesty is interesting because it doesn't, it doesn't make (sighs) sense. It doesn't. And yet it, does. like it doesn't make sense from the game, but for the way that we've seen their relationships develop, it makes sense kind of in the way that they have fully, truly, 100% all bought into, we believe and they believe women to the end, we might have one more guy to get rid of mm-hmm. and then we're gonna we're gonna break apart and we're gonna do our own thing. And we'll scramble, and this is a conversation that should have happened after Chris left. But they get ahead of themselves. So, like it, it, it makes sense three days later. Yeah, <laughs> it,
1: it does. And you make you have that conversation when there's nothing they can do about
0: it anymore. Yeah. And I think at this point in Amy and Leanne's mind, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Outside of immunity, like there it is a foregone conclusion and usually i would call people that feel that way foolish however this their bond feels really strong like all like all of the women's bond feels very strong in a way that i don't think we've seen on survivor like obviously it breaks but there's just there's something that's different about this alliance in terms of there's something bigger than the game that feels like is connecting them. I'll edit it down. <laughs> and I can see why that would be surprising. Okay. Similar to Lex last season, actually. Gotcha, gotcha. Outside the game stuff. Yeah. For me, I think it's just they're pitching honesty, and that
1: honesty is, like, the best policy. So we're going to be overly honest with you. And I guess if you have a Final Four locked – you think you're in the numbers and there's nothing they can do about it.
0: Yeah. So obviously their final four was not as locked as they thought it was. Hey, but um, who's that final four? Amy, Leanne, Julie, and oh, who else? Eliza. Talk to Eliza. Yeah, that would make a lot of help here. What the fuck? Who's your final four then? Because I only count three.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Scout's hackles come up. My hackles. Vengeance is mine, saith the jury. Yeah. And then they make presents for the loved ones to send back with... eliza's mom and eliza's mom gives the literal shirt off her back
0: that's really cute my daughter is so cold she doesn't have any sleeves also this episode is gonna be 37 hours long but one quick thing the shot of the boat coming in why was it so aggressive usually they show the boat like very slowly the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude's driving
1: fast yeah well i guess it's just him in the boat so he can drive as fast as he wants
0: we gotta get her mom out of here now let's
1: go i hope they were a little more calm on the way out <laughs> they were they okay, were good yeah and then right after that happens, Twyla gets confronted again, and they're trying to, like, sure up Twyla for whatever reason. And, again, like, they're they're super confrontational about this when Twyla doesn't really fit
0: in the plans. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to sum up what I said earlier better. They use an I feel statement here. Okay. Which is almost never – I don't think – I cannot think of a time that's been used in Survivor that's that's the difference in the connection they are <laughs> they are coming at this with like the i feel like you uh, like you attack me or like whatever mm-hmm. like the women actually care about how they feel and the other women feel for the most part at least in group settings that we have not seen be a thing mhm yeah
1: yeah but like they're they're so putting the pressure on that twilight feels the need to swear on her son's name. And if I win (laughs) or sorry. And then afterwards says to us, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to me. Like if I win the million dollars, I hope God forgives me. Yeah. That's the right attitude. Yeah. It's a game. Let's, let's be real. It's a game. Immunity challenge. You're running in pairs with your loved ones again. Uh, They're back again. They're back again. Back in the game. So we didn't drag them to Vanuatu for five minutes. Yeah, that good. Thank you. The they're doing the retrieval game, the blindfolded retrieval game once again. But there's a puzzle at the end.
0: Yes, and it's not nearly as dangerous. Correct. They don't want to hurt the loved ones. That's a good move. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and there's like rope in the way sometimes but there's no you're not going to run into a tree in this scenario or fall into a river
0: and there's bags they're not giant blocks to bonk people around with yeah Tom's not going to get absolutely destroyed (laughs) I think Tom still has a concussion from that wouldn't be surprised anyone
1: anyway loved ones are blindfolded they're retrieving three bags and then they have to solve the puzzle
0: Jeff is loving this challenge this is the first time I've seen Jeff smile all season he's having a good time also I hate his sunglasses
1: (laughs) these look awful this is just a coping method so he can check out the sunglasses. Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, notes. Jeff's hung over. <laughs> notes from this. Amy shouting, I love my baby. Amy and her girlfriend are so cute. They are so cute. I Ugh. really I enjoyed this section. The Chris shouting, you're gonna have to go faster and absolutely blowing out his voice. Oh, yeah. He has a hoarse voice the rest of the episode. Correct. It's hilarious. Because he does not know how to project healthfully. No and that's okay he was absolutely feeling in danger of going home that's why while he's solving the puzzle with his girlfriend fiance he's like we, we gotta go faster we gotta go faster i'm going home we didn't win i'm going home amy
0: wins amy, amy wins, wins the community challenge i did love the leanne where she's so far behind that she's like just sit down why don't you just have a seat
1: yeah the d- I forgot to mention that, because that is important. Why don't you
0: sit down? And just just stop. It's fine. Which, like, Jeff tries to put her on blast for, but I get. Because, like, she asks. She goes, can you hear me? And she goes, no. She goes, well, then why don't you just, just sit down and let's just have down. a talk? You're fine. Let's, like, yeah, let's hang out. You haven't seen your loved ones in 30 days. You are so far behind, you have no chance of winning.
1: Yeah, just talk with them. This is Jeff's through line. Jeff doesn't like quitters.
0: There's there's quitting? And then there is a business decision. There's no quitting on Survivor. (laughs) Your blindfolded friend who's, like, falling over the rope and can't hear you. Yeah, she's not going to win you this challenge. Mm -hmm. It's time time to be done. Yeah. So after the challenge, we send home everyone.
1: Everyone's crying once again. It's beautiful. We love it. I love this so much. But I got to move on. Then we have a conversation where... The ladies don't feel like it's right to send home Chris. Tell me why.
0: I I don't know. Because at the
1: beginning of this episode, they're like, we have to stick with the women. We have to stick with the women. These two betrayed our trust.
0: Maybe we should send Eliza home. It's so funny that scouts hard on for getting rid of Eliza is the thing that puts her in the power position for the rest of this game isn't that interesting fascinating because for some reason all of the women collectively have gone god we got fuck eliza fuck eliza she's the worst yeah let's just get eliza out then so then hey hey amy hey leanne hey julie that's the fourth person in your final four why are you getting rid of them? This
1: is what I'm talking about. Like, it, it's so messy, and I don't know what is going on in their
0: brains. Why are you not getting Chris to be that fourth person in your final four, then? Like, I'm
1: cool with the fluid situation and going with the fluid yeah. situation,
0: but this whole time
1: they've preached, we have to be solid. Why are we suddenly changing?
0: Yeah, it doesn't... It, it does not make any sense to me why... Amy, Leanne and Julie did not shore up their fourth. That yeah. is really the only flaw. Well, there's a lot of flaws in, in their strategy this episode, <laughs> but that is like, that is the killer flaw. The numbers. Yeah. You told Twilight and Scout, they're not in your final four. Then who the fuck is <laughs> someone has to be.
1: Yeah. So uh, Chris gets approached and is like, I don't even have to do anything to change the tide of this game. I just get to sit back and watch these ladies do it. Chris, Chris, do more. I mean, he's right in this scenario. He didn't have to do anything.
0: Well, okay. he's he's, He is right in the fact that right now he's playing back. He did do something at the top of the episode. And he has to do something
1: to seal the deal. But he he does eventually do something. Yes. But it's at the whims of Twyla when Twyla's like, hey, (sighs) you know what? You could last one more vote or you hold the key to changing the tide of this game right now.
0: If you just talk to one person, this conversation, just honestly, Jeff should walk in, like take a boat into camp. Like see this, hear this conversation. Like a cameraman tells him, Jeff should come into camp. Tell everyone go home. Twyla wins. Game's over. I don't care. None of the rest of you deserve to win. It's Twyla now. Twyla
1: says this thing that you've been
0: saying this entire game. Yes. I never thought it'd be Twyla. (laughs) Honestly, I love Twyla. Um, well, a, a couple things I want to point out from this whole section. You breezed over Julie being Chris's like informant. Yes, sorry. Hey, remember last episode when I said, "Wow, Julie and Chris were on the same tribe. I wonder what their relationship is." Why are we just learning that Julie's his informant? That would make so much from the last few episodes make more sense. Give me a give me a reason. I don't know. Like it would make it would make. I feel like it would make more sense as to why why the guys were or were not doing things. If we see Chris or at least why Chris is or is not doing things based on what Julie's telling him. Sure. Maybe Julie's telling him lies this whole time or like convenient truths. Maybe she's telling him the straight up truth. Maybe she's telling him, Hey, I, I talked to them and it's not going to be you. So you're fine. Like, I want to know what those conversations were. They seem like they were very important. They do, don't they? And Twyla, Chris, she could not have made it any fucking easier for you. She's like, uh, you just got to have one conversation with you. no, With Scout? With Scout? No. No. Who's going home? With Eliza? Yes, Chris. Yes.
1: The one who's on the out. You always look for the one who's on the out. This math is
0: so easy. Two of them, Twyla's talking to you as the representative for her and Scout. And you know the other, at least that Leanne and Amy are not going to vote with you. Not on board. How are you not?
1: This... I don't get it. My brain would also probably not brain in this scenario. Where I'd be like, I don't know. Like, t- t- give me the answer here. Except that he's had like
0: 12 days of it being the same answer and Chad previously having come up with that answer.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's been said before.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Chris pulls in Eliza and Eliza's like, but I don't. I don't trust Scout and Eliza. and who I Who cares? I don't blame her, though. You mean Scout and Twyla? Or, sorry, yeah. I don't trust Scout and Twyla because they're the ones who were trying to get me out last time. Who cares? Like, you don't have to trust them. You, like, what are your options? Vote out. You do, though, because her options are I jump in this new four and, like, spin the game on its head. Or if what Amy and Leanne are telling is true... She's the four on this other side, and she's throwing that all away on a rumor that Chris is saying.
0: I, I suppose so. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um But have they talked to you? because like it doesn't seem like it seems like your options are vote for Leanne mm-hmm. or go home. Like, they, they, for some reason, those seem like your options. You could have the option to go talk and be like, hey, get rid of Chris. But clearly, nobody has presented that option to you. As
1: far as she knows, they're all voting for Chris. Yeah. So I don't know. It's messy. And she's putting a lot of faith in this scenario of people that have wanted to get her out. Someone who hated her from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's, it is the most unlikely of alliances that Twyla Broker's using chris as a meat puppet uh-huh fascinating it's wild so
1: yeah we get to tribal
0: and there's
1: some interesting conversation where leanne says and i quote i wanted to win it but i i knew it wasn't imperative for me to win Whoops, womp. womp. <laughs> and you could just see how blindsided she was like yeah this move is played perfectly it's yeah. beautiful Jeff Jeff to Eliza, you're becoming the girl who cries wolf here. Like, you have your bag. Why are you packed here? You think you're going home every time?
0: Everyone should come packed every time unless you have immunity. I agree. I mean, yeah. I think it's cocky not to. I agree.
1: And Eliza's like, I've been this close. I've been the second option almost every single time here. So I don't know why I shouldn't feel this way. I mean, she's right. She's right. She's absolutely right. And Chris ends it with a, there's tension in the women. I, I swear there's tension in the women. Just just believe me here.
0: This should be the biggest red flag to everyone. Yeah, I think he's a little more careful about it than you're giving credit for. Sure. He's like, ah, oh, they don't all agree all the time. And like, is a little more coy about it to where like, I can see he's, you can read into it whatever you need to read into it. That's fair. And over the course of an hour, two hours,
1: however long they're there,
0: I'm sure people would be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and Jeff, like, Jeff really tries to throw Leanne under the bus for giving up on immunity. Like I said, like if you are if you are giving up on yourself winning immunity, okay, fine. If you're giving up on your friend who has never played Survivor a day in their life competing the challenge, yeah, alright. Yeah, fine. So then they vote and it's a four three vote for Leanne. Poor Leanne. It would have been Amy, I think. If she didn't have immunity. I think you're right. Yeah. It absolutely Leanne feels like the collateral damage here.
1: But what's interesting is the order in which it's read. So Eliza gets the first vote and she immediately looks over to the
0: to Amy to Amy like you. F- how dare you? Because her suspicions were, were confirmed right. correct. Absolutely. And Amy and Amy gives her a look of like, sorry, but when that, we all know what's coming
1: when that second. Uh, Leanne vote comes out and Eliza kind of turns her head again it's kind of the same look but it definitely has a different context yeah of, Ah, well ah. look at that and the
0: jury fucking love this oh of course they do and they're trying not to show they love it because they don't want to tip their hand too much because like if Chris goes to the end Chris has two votes locked in that's something that the final four there has to consider yep I, I do think the final four is going to be Chris and Eliza and I could see Chris final four or sorry, final two being Chris and Eliza. And I could see Chris having a full sweep at this point. Who? Uh, sorry. You said who Chris and Eliza got it. Okay. And I could see Eliza not getting a single vote. <laughs> I <laughs> think Eliza would be a fine winner. I don't think anyone else up there agrees. Uh,
1: all right, then that's the end of the episode. There's a, a little brief like, Oh, Leanne was super shocked. I probably shouldn't have said
0: those things. Oh, well, who's your protagonist of the episode? Twyla yeah yeah I mean Twyla is the one who orchestrates this I think this episode has it does a good job of having a lot of different storylines with different protagonists but the one that matters is Twyla's
1: I could see you also saying Eliza Eliza's also a little bit Eliza seems like more the narrator of this episode yes and a lot going is going through her but that's just me
0: yeah and, and you could also make an argument for Leanne Leanne does a lot of like it doesn't work out in her favor, but she's leading a lot of conversations of like, "Hey, what does this game look like moving forward?" Yeah. But Twyla is the one who's actually moving and shaking. She's doing she's the, she's the uh Varus in the group like making sure everything she goes the way she can... wants it to. And she's super unassuming. Mm, it's yeah. Fascinating.
1: And how do you think Leanne does
0: in Future Survivor? I think she could do really well. I like I said, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get more Leanne after this episode. Mhm. The way Leanne looks at people is super interesting to me. She, it's like she's reading them while they're talking. Like they're talking and she's doing like a computer like breakdown of what they're saying and how much she should believe and giving them very little back. Hmm. I don't know. There's something that about her that really intrigues me. Okay. That being said, we didn't get to see how she was in control. Yeah. But apparently she was. She's a hard person to really, like, get a read on how, on, like, how far she'd go in a normal season because they kind of buried her. But I think she's usually probably somebody that can sneak into the final five, final six, kind of about where she finished. Maybe, and, like, she has winner potential to me. Like, she's she's probably a, a secret star of this season whose story didn't really get told or isn't dynamic enough on camera to make it exciting gotcha
1: well she does not come back she does have a quarantine questionnaire though but we are way over time so i'm, I'm not going to read all of it i think one thing that i would do want to point out is that she was going through a divorce when she was in the season
0: oh so interesting. that's really
1: tough so like she after this she does a little bit of acting a little bit of modeling uh Moved to LA, ran a marathon, uh, got married later on in life. But yeah, I b- go read that if you want more of Leanne, and I'm sure people will send us more interesting information. But that's it. I think we got to close this out because it's a long episode. Cause it's a long episode. Bumper. <coughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Treaty Make Time podcast. Sorry to rush you, Jared. I also really had to pee. That was, <laughs> that was that was part of why I had to go fast there at the end. I was you know that feeling where you're like, I I'm I'm gonna explode. Like yes. I do not want to pee in front of Jared. My favorite thing I'm is I'm wearing we're... gray sweatpants. Steven, we are not a live show. I don't like breaking up the flow. Okay.
0: Well, huh? Huh? Uh, huh? I hate that.
1: What do you want to promote? <laughs>
0: uh I'm just I'm going to promote our audience. I haven't done that in a little while. I just really appreciate you guys, especially, you know, this episode's heavy on the ADHD. I feel like a lot of this season (laughs) is super backlogged and then suddenly just, like, broke wide open. So suddenly my... And this kind of... I feel like there's always a point in the season this happens, right? Where suddenly all of the ideas I've had on the season, like, (laughs) coalesce into, like, ah, I get it now. That feels like this episode. The setups are coming to fruition. Yes. And... Especially when we're talking about like, hey, this is a really female-focused season. And I don't know if you know this, Steven. Neither you or I I are women. So sometimes uh, we have to sort of change our perspectives from a different angle. That means we have to talk a lot.
1: Whoa. I know, right? Yeah, that'll do it. I am going to promote playing video games with your friends. We're about to finish this and go play Mario Wonder, which I have not played yet. I haven't either. I've seen a little. I've seen the first two levels, and then I'm like, I I feel like this game is all about the surprise, so I want to keep it a mm. little bit surprise. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. Hell yeah! And we're I'm... gonna we're gonna drag Michaela in to play with us. Oh, jeez. And it, this game, I think, is gonna be good for that because I think it it has like I call it the kid brother mode. Uh, ah, yes. Here's a character that cannot get hurt. You can fall into like abysses, but you can't get hurt otherwise.
0: Okay. Good.
1: All right. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Take care of yourselves, everyone.
0: Do something for you this week.
1: Thanks. Are you you speaking to me or the the
0: people? No, I've already told you what you're doing. Well, you have time to do stuff for you this weekend. This is for them because this comes out on Monday. It's for you, guys.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Aggressive positivity.